0: my way of looking at joy has changed and what i mean by that is i think joy happiness used to be for me like these huge big moments and rather what i'm starting to realize is it's actually in the small everyday little things and so sometimes uncertainty brings joy
1: And welcome back to Seek the Joy Podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and welcome back to another best of Seek the Joy Podcast episode. Today, it's all about finding the joy in uncertainty with my friend Vryn Rao. And this episode originally aired in April of this year, April 27th, 2021. And I cannot wait to share it with you again, because it is easily one of my favorite episodes from the last year. Vryn works with women and those who identify with the female energy to build strong and healthy relationships with themselves and others. She does this by using the personality framework of the Enneagram, which helps us to understand the lens our ego sees the world through. Vryn is a really talented Enneagram coach and meditation teacher, and I just loved sitting down with her for this conversation because back in April, I felt like we were all sitting in this space of uncertainty. I still feel like I am sitting in a space of uncertainty, and I'm curious if you feel that way too. And so we decided we got to chat about this. Like, how do we find joy in these moments of unrest, uncertainty, when we just do not feel grounded or sure of ourselves? So Bryn and I, in this episode, talk all about why we haven't been taught how to manage and sit in uncertainty and the power of holding opposites. We dive into the connection between uncertainty, control, and compassion, becoming more holistic beings, the three centers of intelligence in the Enneagram, and how the Enneagram can actually help us navigate these moments of uncertainty. My favorite part of the episode, though, has to be when we dive into reframing uncertainty as mystery. I have kept this with me ever since our conversation earlier this year, and then we dive into why joy can come from these moments, Rin's biggest dream, and so much more. One of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I really want you to be able to live a happier life more joyful and just ease-filled life. And so that's why I'm so happy to share that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The last year and a half, there is no doubt it's been difficult. And that's why I think now more than ever, it's important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. So This is how it works. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you're matched with is a good fit, and this service is available for people worldwide too. BetterHelp also offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network, so you'll get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too. So, As a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seek the joy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. Today's episode is honestly such a beautiful conversation and I still feel like it's a timely one. Like even though it aired in April of this year, it still feels timely for December in this moment that we're in right now. And I think my biggest takeaway from my time sitting down with Vryn for this conversation is that if we're able to hold the sense of opposites within ourselves and sit with uncertainty and tap in not only to the thoughts that occur, but also the emotions, feelings, and the way in which it actually sits in our body, then we're able to tap into the wealth of wisdom, information, and knowledge that I think we all hold intuitively within ourselves. And so much joy can come from uncertainty. This is actually going to be my mantra for the end of this year. And I think maybe for 2022. So much joy can come from uncertainty. And if we can find our joy amidst this sense of uncertainty, just how beautiful is that? So, as always, I can't wait to hear what you think about this one. Make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Send me an email, Sydney at SeekTheJoyPodcast.com. Make sure to follow or hit subscribe wherever it is that you are tuning in right now and send this one to a friend because as we enter, the end of another year within this pandemic and uncertainty and unrest and everything else in between, I think we need this timely reminder that Vryn gives us in today's new episode. And I just want you guys to know too, we are coming up on the end of this podcast break that I've been on. So stay tuned. New episodes are coming your way very soon. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Vryn Rao. There is so much uncertainty right now. You know, we are sitting in this space of over the last year with the pandemic and COVID and being in our homes. And now there's this sense of angst, I think, about returning, you know, into the world. And so, you know, I know your focus is really on helping other people understand, you know, who they are through the lens of the Enneagram and what a healthy identity looks like. And, um, there's always this need, I think, for a sense of validation. And so I'm curious what your experience has been sitting in the space of uncertainty mixed with your work and your understanding of how, as we, as people are searching, I think for something, you know, to hold onto that that's more certain.
0: I really, really appreciate your question. First of all, and Mm. maybe I'll address the first part first about how I've been dealing with it, and then bring in the rest. And I think the biggest realization I've had in this time, and I'm not quite sure why this realization came about now. I think Mm. that it's always kind of been there beneath the surface. I've just been able to access it more, as I'm sure hundreds and thousands of people around the world have. Is that I was never taught to deal with uncertainty
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and that it isn't just one of these things that you're supposed to magically know how to do rather uncertainty is, and staying in that space of uncertainty is actually a practice. Mm. And if we're, if we haven't developed that muscle, then something like this comes you know, kind of washing upon us with this pandemic and we're totally unprepared and Mm -hmm. we don't know what to do with ourselves and we react in so many ways. And I don't think it's possible to name the ways because everybody's reaction is unique to that particular moment, that particular circumstance, their set of previous experiences and as well as how they're built.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. What you just said that we were never taught how to sit in uncertainty. And it reminds me, you know, often I think when we are much younger, we, our parents either try to help us self-soothe or teach us how to self-soothe, or we miss, you know, that boat completely. And so sitting in that space of uncertainty really reminds me of an ability or inability to soothe ourselves, to Mm -hmm. calm ourselves down, to step into, I think, an element of trust and understanding that, hey... This feels uncomfortable or difficult, but you are okay. That Mm -hmm. is hard. It is. It's the ability to
0: hold opposites. Mm -hmm. And this is a concept that I love that a Franciscan monk, Richard Rohr, who is also an incredible Enneagram teacher himself, speaks of often that um, maturity is the ability to hold opposites, that things that may seem very disparate can exist simultaneously. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what uncertainty is about. Mm. Ultimately, that there is some piece of information, there's some experience that's happening to us. And then there's the other side of where we feel maybe we're kind of free falling or, or we don't know the path forward and we don't know how to reconcile the two.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? There's the piece of I know something and I don't know something. And how do I hold the both together?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, how do you define uncertainty? Because I think it's going to be different for everyone, but it really sounds like it's this process of holding these two opposites. But I also think it's the feeling that comes after that moment of uncertainty, that realization almost that like, oh, I have no idea what's coming next, or I can't predict the future. So it's almost that feeling too of uncertainty that is so, I think, challenging for so many of us to sit with.
0: Absolutely. And I think that for many, uh, at least for myself, I can speak personally, Mm -hmm. it's related to control. Yes. So much of it is related to control. And that if I at least even have the illusion of control, Mm -hmm. I can get out of the space of uncertainty. And that's good enough for me. But being taught and seeing the practice of uncertainty being modeled by others can actually help us understand that the illusion of control isn't good enough Mm. that actually it's the realization that I never really have control, but what I do have is I have free will Mm. and that is within my control. So why don't I actually choose to move forward with what I have instead of longing for and trying to grasp for something that I may never have Mm -hmm. um, any sense of control over for lack of Mm -hmm. a better word.
1: Well, you just said, I think about control and this element of certainty, you know, in society, in marketing, in everything we see, we are sort of, if you break it all down, it all comes down to, Hey, this is how you can get better control of your life, your finances, your relationships. This is how we can make the uncertain certain. And so we crave it and we are attracted to it. And I can't tell you how many times, not recently, but over the years where I've seen an ad on Facebook for something like how to grow your email list or how to, you know, step into this with your business or your relationships. And I click it and I sign up for the free, whatever the thing is, and I'm not left with certainty. I'm left with more questions. And Mm -hmm. I think what we are shown is meant to give us more certainty, but it really leaves us with more questions, which has left me with this thought of, oh, wait, maybe really this sense of control, this illusion of control, this Craving for certainty is something much deeper within me. It's something that I am searching for. I am longing for that answers a deeper question. Um, And this is like going so like existential for a moment, but it's going back to these questions. I think that we are all asking ourselves, which is, am I enough? Am I safe? Am I in control of my life? Do I feel okay in my skin? It goes down to, I think those very deep core questions which are often related to things that we experienced or didn't experience when we were much younger. So even what we see in marketing around us on TV, online, whatever is always I think addressing to some level that need for certainty that you said is really like an illusion. And I I it's so that. interesting.
0: I, I love how you brought that piece about marketing. I think you're so on on point there that there's it, marketing creates a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. And along with that, almost this very unspoken, but very in your face, almost promise, so to speak of, I'm going to give you control over something. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think one of the main reasons why I mean, I fall for it all the time. Even though I, I do I too, think, I think I know better, <laughs> but I fall for it all the time. And um, the other piece, if I may, because I just, I just love that. You know, it went to an existential realm. That's a, <laughs> I can't help it. That's a place it I, happens. I, it I happens. Love da- I love to dabble in, but um, to just to stay there for one second. Yeah. The yoga texts speak about how the essence of who we are, the soul, is comprised of three qualities, and that is eternity, knowledge. And bliss and that is kind of like our inherent birthright or our, what we're composed of. And when I think about that and I think to what you just spoke about in terms of marketing or in terms of this whole topic and theme of uncertainty, that is really the three things, if you look at it, that we're constantly looking for certainty around mm. right? We're looking for certainty around our mortality, and that can be in so many different ways, whether that's in the realm of wanting to look young for as, as long as possible. And that's like the entire beauty, cosmetics, and that entire industry, what to speak of so many others, yeah, of, yeah. of bliss, of, of joy, as mm-hmm. your podcast is, is all about, um, which is really all about connection with others. Am I loved? Am I cared for? So much uncertainty around relationships, right? Right. And ultimately around knowledge, which is that fundamental piece, I think, around, I need to know, I need to know. And yeah, that's where we struggle so much.
2: Mm.
1: When you think about uncertainty and you tap into your body and the emotions that it brings up, what, what does it bring up for you? Because I think it's so different for everyone, but I'm curious if you're, if you're willing to share, you know, what emotions kind of come to the surface when you think about uncertainty uh, in your own life? Hmm.
0: I think of, at least in my body, I experience a sense of restlessness Mm -hmm. that often accompanies it along with a sense of sometimes just like a free falling in the pit of my stomach Mm. that uh, I just, I just don't know what's happening. Right. Like those are, those are the two that I can pinpoint very clearly that comes about. And then along with that, sometimes this kind of surge of I don't know what else to call it other than adrenaline of you have to do something about this. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's this sense of feeling rattled of when you're, you know, you're ice skating and you've gotten to look like a baby deer who's put on ice skates for the first time and you're, you know, that visual, you're, you're just... You're just trying, but you cannot get into a groove. You can't get into a rhythm. That's what that level of uncertainty feels like for me. It's like I'm standing on shaky ground. And no matter how I try to remedy it, because I think like we've been talking about, we're always trying to remedy that sense of uncertainty. Nothing nothing is changing. And mm-hmm. so lately I feel myself trying to tap into this sense of just surrendering, of being like, there is nothing more. That I can do other than just continue to do what I am doing, which is following what is exciting to me, what brings me joy, talking to people that I love, meeting new people, you know, focusing on what I can control versus what I can't. And often what I can control is just the way that I feel. I can't even control what the weather is going to be like today. I can't control whether or not you and I have, you know, tech issues while we're on this Zoom recording. I can just control the ways this whole experience. Makes me feel. And mm-hmm. I have found that when dealing with uncertainty, it's about tapping back into emotions that serve you. For me, that has been so huge and so healing. I'm curious if, if you've had a similar experience or what has really helped you, you know, remedy, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, this sense of uncertainty within yourself. Yeah. This is something that I'll be honest, I've come
0: across a little bit more recently, mm-hmm. just trying to deepen my own understanding of the Enneagram itself and not going deep into the types or anything, but one of the things that the Enneagram speaks about is that there are three centers of intelligence. Mm. And so we have the body, which is a center of intelligence. There is the heart, which brings forth feelings, which give us information. And the third center is the head or thinking. And so one of the things that we can all find in our own lives. And as you go deeper and and understand the lens by which you see the world, it becomes even more apparent. There is one center of intelligence that we rely on more than the others. And then there is the second one, which kind of almost gets co-opted in service of the first. And there's the third that's almost neglected or ignored. Hmm. And what I've started to realize, just even thinking about this theme of uncertainty is that when we start to truly become more holistic beings, we start to access all three of these centers of intelligence. And when we do, they're providing us with so much more information. So I think there's two pieces to uncertainty. There's the one piece where, like you say, we've done the absolute best that we can. Mm -hmm. We need to surrender. And all we can do is just be present to what we're experiencing And one step at a time based on whatever we have, whatever information we have at our Mm -hmm. disposal. I think the second piece is around that conversation of the information we have at our disposal. Mm. And I think that often we're not tapping into that vast amount of information that we actually might have that we don't know how
1: to even access. Mm. Okay. I want to break down what you just said. First of all, when you say you become more holistic beings, what do you mean by that? Cause I have an idea of what you mean, but I would love to break that down a little bit. Uh, if we can, what do you mean by more holistic beings? Right? So
0: I'll, I'll speak to it in the context of just even these three centers, the heart, the head, okay. and the body, a holistic being for me is incorporating all three. Mm-hmm. Right. So we all, um, know within ourselves, or perhaps we know of other people who are close to us or that we interact with. There are times where people will even identify themselves as, oh yeah, I just, I'm a thinker. I think a lot, or else I'm a doer, or I just feel, Mm -hmm. right? And what they're saying is that there's one part of me, one source of really like intelligence that I prioritize above the rest, Mm. right? And so if I can actually Truly feel myself in my body. I just really appreciated that question when you asked that previously of Mm -hmm. what does uncertainty feel like in your body, right? Mm -hmm. The body has um, so much to offer us in terms of the fact that we take up space. And I don't think most of us realize that we take up space. Right, And with that space comes a certain embodiment, a certain groundedness that if we can access that part of us, it's giving us intuitive information. Mm -hmm. We've all had that experience where we're either walking somewhere or we're going to do something and something very instinctively says, actually turn this way or do that. That's tapping into that body intelligence, that Mm -hmm. gut intelligence. Now, similarly with the heart, with feelings... We may think of feelings as, oh, yeah, if I can tap into feelings, I'm accessing that intelligence. It's more than that. It's being witness to our feelings as opposed to just drowning in our feelings. When we bear witness to our feelings without, and this is extremely hard, so let me preface it with that, (laughs) without judging them by just compassionately watching them Mm -hmm. something else incredible happens where i'll give another example of somebody is going through a really hard time and within our heart we just know i should go and talk to them or perhaps i should give them space and both come from a feeling of um, wanting to connect but it's also coming from a place of service instead of just pushing ourselves in intruding on somebody else's space or their life. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. And then
0: finally with the head, with thinking we have so many thoughts that are going through our heads and it may feel counterintuitive, but what we really need is we need silence
2: Mm.
0: because it's in silence that clarity of thought even comes And so this, you know, just to speak a little bit about this is what these three centers have to offer to us. And these are just perhaps a few examples of when we can tap into those, how much more and can you imagine if we were able to access all three, I think the feeling of uncertainty would actually go down, because we could feel confident that I actually have enough information. Mm -hmm. And that to me, you know, even as I'm saying this out loud, it's a realization that's coming up. It, uncertainty is also about, am I missing something? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And when I know I'm able to tap into all three of these things that are at my disposal, these aren't external to me. Once again, coming back to what I can control, then that, un, that feeling of uncertainty lessens because I've done my best.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm so appreciative for what you just shared about uh, mind, body, and soul really, head, heart, and body. We spend too much time in our heads is what I've really figured out, especially in the last year in sitting with this sense of uncertainty and, and really feeling it both on an individual and collective level. And so that's why I wanted to know, like, if you were to tap into this level of uncertainty within yourself, within the body, what does that feel like? And I think it feels very different from when we are focused solely on the head, when we're focused solely on, the, on our thoughts. And so when you were talking previously about the information that's at our disposal, this makes so much sense to me because if we are connected to the fact that we actually know so much more than we even give ourselves credit for we are in tune so much more deeply than we even realize. If we were to take a step back and actually just sit with how we are feeling, sit with what we are thinking, sit with what our emotions are, our feelings, they kind of come together, I think in a very beautiful way. And you're able to tap into more information than you knew you had. We spend so much time, I think, looking external to ourselves for this level of awareness, but it's exactly what you just said. It's about tapping into this internal well, this internal reservoir of awareness, of understanding, of knowledge. And it's only when you do that internal work and that internal understanding that it can be projected on the external, but it starts internal. So I love what you said. It makes so much sense to me.
0: Beautifully summarized. Absolutely. And and this, this is the work. It
1: is this it is the is. work.
0: And so, you know, sometimes people ask like, "Oh, what what does the enneagram help you with?" I mean, I think there are numerous pieces it helps you with. It helps you to see the lens by which you see the world. But from there, it goes so much deeper. And it goes to this place mm-hmm. and of course much more, but especially this place of being able to have a starting place to do the work, to know that actually this is the center I rely on most. Mm -hmm. And this is the one that I ignore. And by just even knowing that, I start to see, okay, where do I need to start paying more attention?
1: Yeah. Speaking of the Enneagram, do some of us deal better with uncertainty depending on our Enneagram type? I'm curious, you know, because I think, and I, I think you and I had talked about this previously, but some of us just do better with uncertainty. Some of us I think sometimes crave it. Like we thrive, like thrive off of that sense of the unknown, the uncertainty. And then some of us are like, "Mm, no, excuse me. Everything needs to be certain. So does the Enneagram type um, play a role into our ability to sit with or deal with uncertainty? Um, I hate to say better than others, because I don't know if it's about better or worse, but maybe just thrive more or um, are able to handle it uh, a little bit better or differently.
0: It's a great question. And I've been thinking about this a lot actually. And a couple of things come to mind. One, first and foremost, I think it all depends on the level of consciousness and awareness. Mm -hmm. It all comes back to that of anybody, regardless of type. And so if you are accessing a very high level of consciousness, it almost doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Now, I think there are perhaps certain, um, Predilections with certain types, just the way that they're built, that they can perhaps handle it a little bit better. Again, ideally, they're in a very healthy level of awareness and consciousness. But the two that came to mind, and I'm sure there might be others, but the two for me that came to mind was the nine, the peace seeker, the peacemaker, and the four, mm. the individualist or the romantic. And the nine, I say this, is because they have an ability to see all sides. Mm all sides. And that comes in really, really handy because there is a natural orientation to being able to see all sides. They kind of hold uncertainty all the time. I mean, can you imagine if you could access all sides to an argument or to a situation, you would probably Mm -hmm. feel
1: like, I, I'm not sure, yeah. quite a lot of time. yeah, Yeah, it could go this way, could go that way. I see that perspective, I see this perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that makes a lot of sense, right. really. So being able to see all perspectives also plays a role in that element of uncertainty because it's, this could go any which way. Any one perspective exactly. could make sense. They all actually make sense. We're just at odds in our view or our way of thinking. Wow, interesting. Exactly,
0: exactly. And then with the four, the individualist, they can delve into feeling and emotion so deeply and very often they can hold different emotions at the same time. Mm -hmm. Once again, you're delving into that territory of uncertainty because it's not just one or the other. I can feel melancholy and I can feel exhilarated and I could feel a little bit, um, tumultuous, all at the same time. And because of that, I can stay in that space of uncertainty better. Mm.
1: While you were speaking about the type four, the word that popped in my head was contradiction. I almost mm. wonder if uncertainty is also about being in a space of contradiction, of Ideas, thoughts, realities contradicting each other, meaning I'm sitting in this one space, but I long to be in another. And so there's a sense of uncertainty of how am I going to get there? And so those two feelings almost contradict, counteract each other. I I wonder if contradiction... And this might not even be the right word, but I do wonder if that is part of that experience because you have one emotion, one longing, one feeling, one reality, but you're hoping, searching, waiting for another. When is it going to show up? How is it going to show up? Am I going to like it? Am I going to hate it? You're sitting with polar opposites, I think, all the time.
0: Absolutely, and the thing is that I think, and this is why I said at the beginning, I'm not sure why this realization came to me. Now <laughs> we're always experiencing this. Always. I think you know, COVID and this pandemic has just really like r- risen that to the surface because we we have been so limited for so mm-hmm. long, and we don't like being limited. That's one big no. thing, no. right? And so when you were speaking about contradiction, what was coming up for me is was that. We really don't like to stay in places of the unknown. Mm -mm. We have lost this ability. And uh, one Enneagram teacher, her name is Suzanne Stabile. She puts it really beautifully as, we've lost the ability to appreciate and stay in mystery. Wow. And what if we could reframe uncertainty to be mystery? Wouldn't, I mean, at least when I hear that reframing, I experience something very different.
1: I love that. I love that. Reframe it as mystery. Like, yes, it just has a um a different connotation to it. I can't exactly explain it, but it's a different even feeling. Like everyone that is listening, uncertainty versus mystery. It sits in your body, it sits in your space very differently. Wow, it does. Yeah. It
0: does. And I and I love that. So kudos to her um, to for yeah. bringing that up. It, I feel like mystery also has this element of, at least for me, I don't know when and if I'll ever get the answer, Mm -hmm. but there's something kind of like really, I I can't find the right word. I mean, mystical is kind of coming to Mm -hmm. mind. It's kind of like, it has to be revealed. I think that's the best way I can put it. It has to be revealed. Like I need to keep my eyes and ears open. And I need, I need to be on the lookout for it. That's my part. And the other part is the revelation has to come of itself, Mm. as opposed to me trying to burst down doors and kick open windows and trying to say, give me the answer right now, which I think there is that kind of like energetic element that comes with, um, and especially kind of going back to Enneagram types, there are certain types that are like, I need certainty. I need certainty right now. Um, that kind of energy can come about, but rather for all of us, we just need to appreciate and kind of go back to our childhood where mystery was like something we loved. Mm -hmm. I can't think of many children who don't appreciate mystery. Their eyes kind of light up and they're like,
1: Ooh, okay. It's like a puzzle you have to solve. Yeah. Yeah. So tapping back into that sense of wonder, it's about adventure, it's about tapping back into this is a puzzle, something that I get to solve, you know, stepping into this space, I think too, of knowing that, you know, I may not know what comes next, but actually that's okay. Not knowing is part of this adventure. It's part of this mystery. And this element of the unknown that we've been talking about too, I think is really fascinating because when we talk about the unknown, we talk about it in one of two ways of oh my God, it's unknown, I am uncertain, I feel weird about this, or we just don't talk about it at all. And so it's like, how can we get more comfortable with uncertainty, with contradiction, with unease, all the emotions, the feelings, the words that we have attached to this level of uncertainty in the last you know, 30 minutes or whatever that we've been talking? How can we get comfortable with it if we don't talk about it? And so while there have been so many beautiful conversations, I think, over the last year centered around the pandemic and COVID and the way it has elicited different emotions, feelings, awareness within all of us. I don't think there's been enough conversation around the fact that, hey, there is this element of uncertainty and we as humans freak out about it and we're not talking about it. So how can we, you know, we need to get more comfortable. And the best way to get comfortable is to sit in that discomfort and talk about it and really allow yourself to experience it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's through that experience that we can start to also learn from each other. You know, one big thing that's been happening lately, and I think that this also has some effect with uncertainty is that there, at least I'm experiencing an incredible decline in compassion towards one another, Mm -hmm. an incredible decline. And I think that there is a relationship with uncertainty that when I'm not sure when I'm not sure about you, when I'm not sure about me, when I'm not sure about the situation, then I act out in crazy Mm -hmm. ways, in ways that can be so detrimentally harmful. Because all in the name of trying to get some type of control, Mm -hmm. again, it's about control, about trying to regain some sense of security or certainty without recognizing that it's actually an illusion. And what you're speaking to, I think, is a much more productive, healthier way to growth of just being able to have conversations, to sit, to hear what might be contradictory or what might not be my own experience and to be able to appreciate that. And then alongside apply that control as we were speaking about in a place where it will actually be effective, which is doing that inner work of being able to access these other centers of intelligence without always putting our expectation on the externals to fix everything mm-hmm. and to illuminate things
1: for mm-hmm. us. I think also an important part of what you're speaking to is taking a moment with yourself to identify where that need for control is coming from and why are you experiencing it. And it's not going to come to you you know, right away, but I do think embarking on that journey with yourself is really valuable of Why do I need this element of control? Why, when I don't have it, do I feel so out of control? What is it about this element of knowing exactly how things are going to be or what they will look like? Why is it eliciting so much comfort in me versus being so uncomfortable or sitting in such a space of discomfort when it's removed? And I think when we can start to do exactly what you were saying, tab inward and do that inner work... We elicit greater compassion for ourselves, which becomes a domino effect of eliciting greater compassion for others. Because I think in the last year, and I have certainly been this way and felt this way, my fuse is shorter. Like I get frustrated. I get annoyed. Like sometimes when I'm driving and I see someone without a mask, I'm like mumbling over my, under my breath. Where's your mask? Why aren't you wearing a mask? You're like, I was never like that before. Like it was just not me. So I think we're all in this space of frustration, burnout, burning the candle at both ends. And it's not eliciting a sense of compassion for ourselves and for others because of that level of uncertainty. It just feels like this big dot connecting thing. And the moment I think that we explore this level of uncertainty for ourselves, it's going to shift something, something pretty big.
0: I think so too. I'm so convinced of it. And I'm also convinced that it's for me, it starts with me. Mm -hmm. It has to start with me. And I love the way you put it. It's a domino effect that it starts at home and that I think this is the, uh, it's funny, uncertainty comes up everywhere, right? It's like, but I'm uncertain how long it will take for me to do that. It's like, as long as it takes. Right. And it's not it's not a point A to point B kind of point A is where I'm at now and B is success. It's a spectrum. And that as my own work on myself continues and progresses, then even if it's in micro increments, it will have an effect externally. Mm-hmm. It may not be that big, humongous effect that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for. That's okay. It, that's not where the magic happens, I don't think, anyways.
1: No. I think it's in the micro effects. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. You know, as you've been navigating this journey of uncertainty for yourself, I'm curious if there's been a mantra or affirmation or quote or something you've held on to that has kept you steady. Uh, through these moments or reminded you of the lessons and the learnings and and this beautiful conversation that we've been having?
0: I love your question. As I'm trying to roll Rolodex through my mm-hmm. mind, I think what has had the most significant impact for me has been this piece around mystery. Mm, the reframing. It's the reframing of mystery. Yeah. It is because I feel like I can approach it with much more openness and I don't feel so constricted even bodily. You know, I I just feel like I mean even with mystery, just my my working is that okay, well can there be an end to the mystery sometime, but I I like that and, and you know that that's my own work to do. I also recognize that, but at least it's a starting place for me and to recognize that with mystery and uncertainty, however you decide to approach it, that it will reveal itself, Mm -hmm. that this is an opportunity for me to be patient. And that has been, you know, if you want to say like an affirmation or a mantra, especially in the past, like couple of months for me, learning patience. Mm -hmm. I'm learning patience. And I've been saying that to myself every day, learning patience. Okay. This is, this is definitely like one of my lifetime lessons to learn patience.
1: It's liberating to step into that level of understanding. And I think too that reframing for me, what has been so powerful is just repeating to myself, it will be what it is meant to be. So that is about releasing control for me. It is about letting go of any attachment to an outcome. You know, something we talked about at the very beginning of our conversation was about approaching the emotions, the feelings that come up around an uncertainty without judgment. And also part of not having judgment around the way in which you're feeling, which means you are acting as the observer. And This is exactly yes. what Eckhart Tolle talks about with the power of now. And I could never get through that book ever, ever, ever. I tried for over two years. I couldn't do it, <laughs> but I do understand the lesson and the teaching from that. It's about non-attachment. It's about seeing it for what it is and not investing any emotional capital in it beyond just observing it. And so I think that's really important too, is recognizing, you know, what it is, that you are feeling, experiencing, not judging it, knowing it serves a purpose. It's a lesson for you. It's a lesson in patience. And I think for a lot of us, because we want the thing now. I want it now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait anymore. Like give it to me now. So I love what you shared. I think that is so beautiful and powerful. And I I just know so many people are going to connect to it. I hope so. I hope
0: it can be of some service. This has just been, yeah, my own And thank you, thank you for inviting me to just kind of really what I've been feeling in this conversation, just kind of sharing my own like process and thoughts of whatever I've been hearing and listening to, and just yeah, making making sense of how to practice staying in the space. And I think all of what we've spoken Mm -hmm. about is just that these are elements and components to the practice of staying in mystery. Mm -hmm in uncertainty and that some of these may really resonate for you and others may not resonate so much for you that the way in which you practice staying may look different and that's great Mm -hmm. and that's fine and we're individuals and persons and so it shouldn't be cookie cutter Mm -hmm. I don't believe in cookie cutter it has to be what is right for you at your level of awareness of where you are in life right now with all of like the very specific, unique things that come with you being yeah.
1: And I think too, part of this reframing as mystery and part of seeing it as mystery too is feeling for yourself that, hey, this can be fun. This could be joyful. And you know, yeah. I've talked about this before, but so much about this podcast and my journey with this podcast has been, how can we look at these difficult moments in life, these uncertain moments in life and still derive joy? for ourselves, from for the moment, derive joy in the experience. And so I want to ask you a little bit about this element of joy for yourself. Have you been able to hold joy at the same time as uncertainty? And if not, or if so, what does that look like for you? Because I think we often think it's either or. Like I'm either happy mm-hmm. or I'm sad. I'm mad or I'm excited. The, we actually we're complex, we're unique. Like you said, we hold both emotions, both experiences at the same time more often than I think we give ourselves credit for.
0: Yeah. I love your question. Um, I think what I've noticed, at least in the past year or so, is that my way of looking at joy has changed. Mm. And what I mean by that is I think joy, happiness used to be for me like these huge, big moments And rather, what I'm starting to realize is it's actually in the small, everyday little Mm -hmm. things. And so sometimes uncertainty brings Mm -hmm. joy, Mm. as convoluted as that might be, right? The uncertainty of, for example, my daughter being able to climb this, you know, like kind of like jungle gym, apparatus thing at the park. And there's a piece of uncertainty there. Oh, should we like make sure that maybe it's too hard for her? Maybe it's maybe it's maybe we should be holding her and just kind of being there, watching, mm-hmm. witnessing, ready to jump in if necessary. And then seeing her climb it up and like with a huge grin on her face to kind of be like, I was able to do yeah. it. You know, so there it's amazing like joy can come from uncertainty. And we can find joy even amidst uncertainty and going back to what i originally began with that joy isn't like these big huge life transforming moments that it's there mm. it's there all around us it's again it comes back to awareness are we aware to it mm. that's all and if we're not then the mind is so dualistic it's always looking for I don't know why but sadly it's always looking to the towards the more challenging problematic negative aspects mm-hmm. but that same mind with practice can also start looking at everything that's there that is you know able to spark joy
1: within our lives. It's about a reframing. It's about a retraining. I love what you said that joy can come from uncertainty because we don't know how it's going to pan out. So it could actually be this big or small, beautiful thing, this joyful moment or experience. I love this. I want to ask you the question I ask everyone that comes on Seek the Joy podcast. uh, And that is, what is your biggest dream?
0: My biggest dream Wow. That's a big question. Mm -hmm. Um, I, so many dreams. (laughs) Can you guess my Enneagram type? Um, But (laughs) I would say at least right now, my biggest dream is to really be able to do this inner work in a very grounded, methodical, patient way. Mm. And by doing so, I hope And also one, I want to do that for me, regardless of any other expectation, not so that I can help people actually just for Mm -hmm. me. And then I hope that perhaps my own transformation or whatever you would like to call it can be of service to others, but I don't want one to be contingent on the other. I would like to do this because it's the right thing to do. And so that I can show up fully and I can hopefully be one of those people that can, you know, even if it is just like a micro effect can have that micro effect.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer that we are here to heal ourselves and that our healing can have a domino effect on others, but we are really only responsible for ourselves and for our own healing. So what you just shared is beautiful. And it's about stepping into that level of healing or being grounded in your body, in your mind, in your heart, your feelings, the three elements that you spoke of earlier. I love this. Bryn, I have loved this conversation. I am so appreciative of you and your wisdom, really, and your perspective. We have not talked about this element of uncertainty in at least over a year on Seek the Joy. So I'm so grateful for you in this conversation. Where, where can everybody find you, connect, um, learn more? You are an Enneagram coach and meditation teacher. And so you are helping others, I think, really navigate this level of uncertainty through the Enneagram. So where can they find you and connect and, and, and learn more?
0: Well first thank you so much for having me on. I mean, I just love you. Every and time we like talk, it's just the best. Our conversations always end up going wherever they're supposed to go. Amen. And Amen. Um, <laughs> and also just I'm so glad it was on this topic because like you said, I think it's been one of those unspoken topics that really needs to be addressed more. Mm-hmm. So, um, people can find me, they can find me on Instagram. My handle is at illuminate.nyc, I L L U M I N A T E E.nyc. And they can also visit my website if that could be of some help. And that's www.illuminate.nyc. So those are two ways you can find me. Perfect.
1: Everything is going to go in the show notes. It'll be so easy for everyone to connect with you and learn more. And I think if I could maybe sum up my biggest takeaway from our time together this morning is that if we are able to hold opposites within ourselves and we are able to sit with this element of uncertainty and tap in not only to the thoughts that occur, but also the emotions, the feelings, and the way in which it sits within our body, we're able to tap into a wealth, a well and a wealth of wisdom, information, knowledge, uh, that we all hold intuitively. And so it's about being okay with not knowing and knowing that joy can come from those moments too. And it's really a journey that is worth navigating and if we can reframe it as mystery, ooh, even better. Even better. So thank you for this conversation. I have I have really loved it. This has just been so much fun. Thank you. And beautiful summary. Beautiful. Mm. Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community. Join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.